0: 117b as we begin a new Mishnah uh, this Mishnah discusses how uh, credible is this one witness meaning uh, in comparison to let's say two witnesses we know in general uh, in Jewish law we require two witnesses to establish something um, especially when it comes to specific areas like, uh, marriage issues and the like. and uh, to, to establish different things, we require two witnesses. In this case, we have a leniency where we accept one witness to say that the husband died. The question becomes, uh, is this one witness? Is he equivalent to two witnesses? meaning what would ta- what would happen in the case where let's say you have another witness who says the husband is not al- is alive. One witness says the husband is not alive, he died other witness says that the husband is alive? Is it like a clash of one against one? Or do we say that, no, the one witness who said that the husband died has greater credibility? Uh, We've established that it's it's sort of like two witnesses to a certain degree. What happens if he goes up against two witnesses who say that the husband is still alive? Uh, What would be in that scenario? In addition to that, besides for allowing for one witness, we also allow for people who uh, would otherwise be be disqualified from testifying. We know that women in general are not allowed to testify in courts, according to Jewish law. In this case, even the wife could testify, or, or any other uh, other people who are also uh, disqualified from testifying. They could testify in this case as well. So, what's their status? Is it equivalent to uh, two pe- It's it's like two people who testify, or is it like one, with ramifications of what happens if you have. That's really the, 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 big ramification is what happens if you have other people who, who, um, who give contradictory testimony. So who wins out in such cases? So the Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah will have, uh, three cases, and the Gemara will also analyze these different cases, and will also help, uh, explain the Mishnah. Case number one is, One witness says the husband died. She goes off and she gets married. Another witness comes and says, you know what? He's still alive. The husband's still alive, but it's only one witness. We say they're allowed to stay married. They're allowed to stay married. They don't have to get divorced because, as we'll see in the Gemara, that one witness, the first witness, he has greater uh, credibility than the other witness who said that the husband is still alive. That's case number one. Case number two, However, if one witness says that uh, the husband died. But now you have two witnesses who said that the husband is still alive. So then even if she got married, they would have to get divorced. That is case number two. Case number three of the Mishnah is Shnaim Umar Meis. Two people say the husband died. So you have two people who say the husband died. Umar Av Tinase. And there's one witness who says that the husband is alive. So two witnesses said the husband died. And one witness says the husband is alive. Bishalon Tinase. Even if she didn't get married yet, we will we will allow her to get married once we have the two witnesses who say that the husband died. So once you have that one witness who says that the husband's still alive, he is uh, insignificant since uh, he's only one witness. So even if she didn't get married yet, we, we allow her to get married. We allow her, we tell her, go ahead and get married because we have two witnesses who say that, who said that the husband died. So again, those are the three cases. Case number one is just a, a one-on-one clash. Uh, one versus one, we say that uh, if she's got married already, she's allowed to stay married. Uh, the second case is a case of of one versus two. One witness says that the husband died, two witnesses say the husband's still alive. In that case, she would have to get divorced if she was married to somebody else, or she would have to leave that marriage. And then in the last case, it's a case where it's the opposite. There's two witnesses who say that the husband died, um, and one witness who says that the husband is still alive, so in that case, we allow her. We tell her, you're allowed to go ahead and get married. Those are the three cases. So it says the Gemara as follows. The Gemara discusses the first case. It says, The Gemara wants to know why is it that when you have one witness who says that the husband died, and another witness who says the husband's still alive, Why is it that when we only say that uh, she can't get married? Uh, Why do do we say that really she can't get married? But if she was married, so then she's allowed to stay married. It's not true. According to Ula, Ula has a line where he says that the one witness who says that the husband died, we uh, we, we were lenient. We allowed that one witness to testify. And not only were were we lenient, but we said that he has the credibility of two witnesses or, or close to two witnesses, meaning he is better than the other one witness who says... That the husband is still alive, and if that's the case, if he's better than that, if we if we um, give greater credibility to to the witness who says that the husband died, than to the one who says the, that the husband is still alive, so even if she didn't get married yet, we should say you're allowed to go ahead and get married. Uh, so the Gemara changes it, and the Gemara says, you know what, you're right. What it means, what the mission really means, is that. As long as the court said you're allowed to go ahead and get married. Meaning, one witness came and said the husband died. The court says, okay, go ahead and get married. Another witness after that comes and says that the husband is still alive. So the mission means to say that, okay, but we ignore that second witness. Ula tells us to ignore that second witness. She's still allowed to go ahead and get married. She could go actively and go ahead and get married. It's not, not only in the case where she was already married that she doesn't have to get divorced, but she's allowed to get married and rely on that one witness who said that the husband is no longer alive. That's what it means... Now, there is there are other Gemaras, and, and there's a lot of commentary on this, um, but there there seems to be a dispute uh, when we say that she's allowed to go ahead and get married, is that only once there's a stock basin, once the court ruled that she's allowed to go ahead and get married, so any other witness, any individual witness that comes after that, as long as it's not two, which is one person, that comes after that is not taken into account, is not believed, because they already issued a ruling. Uh, or do we say that, no, even if they didn't issue a ruling yet, they just both come to court, let's say, at the same time, even if they're to come at the same time, the witness who says that the husband still lied is still not as credible as the one who says that the husband passed away. Um, and so therefore, even in a such a case where they didn't issue a ruling, we would still allow her to go ahead and get married. That is that is subject to debate. Um, but from Aragamara, Aragamara sounds like uh, you, re- you would require the court to say something, to issue a ruling, and then... The other witness comes uh, and says the husband's still alive. The implication being that if they came at the same time, then they would both be, have equal standing. That's what it sounds like, at least from the simple understanding of our Gemara. Okay, the Gemara now discusses the case number two. Case number two is where one witness says the husband died. Two witnesses say that he's still alive. So then they have to get divorced. The Gemara says, the Gemara says This is obvious even though we believe one witness uh, to, to let's say, even override another individual witness. But we don't say that it's 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 completely equivalent to two witnesses. That everybody agrees to. It's not completely equivalent to two witnesses. Two witnesses who say the husband's alive will certainly override the one witness who says that uh, that uh, the husband died. So the like, tomorrow will give two answers. Now, we've we've seen these two answers also much earlier. Um, probably a long time ago. Uh eighty eight b. So we saw this uh, a while ago, but the gemara answers. Answer number one is that we're dealing here with a case where you have one witness who said and came and testified that the husband is no longer alive, right? Died. Two witnesses. Now these two witnesses who now come and say the husband is alive, they're not actually two legal testifying witnesses, these are people who would other have otherwise been disqualified for whatever reason. They, they're not accepted in court, but they come and they testify and they say, the husband is alive. So because we believe the one witness to say the husband died, so this is not a regular case of just only accepting people who, uh, in general, are allowed to testify. So these two other people, we take them into account. And we go based on, it's not even a, a, a real form of, of testimony, a legal form of testimony. This is, in this case, we allow people who are disqualified to testify. So this is a numbers game, says Reb Ibn Reb Nechami says, we go based on the majority. So if it's two versus one, the two beat the one. And that's what the Mishnah is coming to teach us. If it was two actual witnesses who were halakhically acceptable in court, that's obvious. That's what the Gemara was asking. That's something which is obvious. The point of the Mishnah is to teach you that even if they're not acceptable in court, even these, if these are two witnesses who in general would be accepted in court, in this case they would be, because this is not a normal form of testimony. We never accept one witness. In this case, we do accept one witness. So not only do we accept one witness, but we also accept, uh, people who are in general, uh, have, would otherwise be disqualified. They would be accepted here. Um, and says, how do we know who wins, who wins over? We go based on majority. We go based on majority. Alternatively, that's all one answer. The second answer is you by Yisema. The second answer says as follows: It says, if the first witness says, came and he said that, uh, and he, he's he's a, a halachically acceptable witness, and says that the husband died. So even if you have a hundred people afterwards who say that the husband is still alive, but they're all disqualified from court, so they cannot override the one witness who was acceptable in court who said that the husband died. Once that one witness who was acceptable in court said that the husband died, if you have a hundred people who are in general disqualified from court, they are not taken into account. They do not override that. However, the case at hand is where the one witness who testified that the husband died was himself, or perhaps even herself, was herself disqualified. Let's say it was a woman. Uh, in general, she cannot testify. In this case, she's allowed to testify. But she it's not out of regular testimony, because in general, she's disqualified. So if she comes along and she says that one witness... Um, she says the husband died. So if you have other witnesses who come along and say the husband's still alive, so that's when Rim said we go based on the majority. That's when we go based on the majority. But if it wasn't for that, if it was, if the first witness who said the husband died... Is somebody who is acceptable in court, so then that person uh, would override any other uh, group of people who are in general disqualified from testifying. Certainly, if you have two witnesses who are halakhically acceptable to testify, that would override the one witness. But uh, in a case where the other witnesses who say the husband is still alive are disqualified, and one witness says that the husband died, and he himself is acceptable uh, in court to testify in court, so then he would win out. Uh, the case at hand in our Mishnah where we go based on the majority, according to the second answer, not according to the first answer, but according to the second answer, is where the one witness who said the husband died is, is, is somebody who in general, in a regular case, would be disqualified from testifying. So then in that case, we go based on the majority. So again, we had two different answers, how to explain our Mishnah. One answer is just to say in general, uh, because we already accept one witness, even if that one witness was, could, could have testified in other cases, but we all, always go based on the majority. Uh, when it comes to these areas, we go based on the majority. And according to the second answer, we only go based on the majority if the witness who says the husband died was somebody who who themselves were disqualified um, from in general from testifying. What about the last case? We have a few more lines. What is it about that last case? So we said the first case is where one is witness said the husband died, and then one witness said the husband's still alive. The, in that case, with the with the gemara, the way the gemara understood the mishnah. Uh, it ends up being that she's allowed to go ahead and get married. She, even if she wasn't married, she's allowed to go ahead and get married because we trust the one witness who said that the husband died over the one witness who said that the husband's no longer alive. Now, if you have a case where one witness said, one witness said the husband died and two witnesses say the husband is still alive, so certainly if they are witnesses, uh, halakhically acceptable witnesses, so then they would win out. And even if they're not halakhically acceptable, the gemara just pointed out, that we, depending on the case, we go based on the majority, on the, on the higher number. Higher number of witnesses who say that the husband, whether the husband is alive or the husband is not alive. The last case is a case of where you have two witnesses who say the husband died. One witness says the husband is no longer alive. Sorry, is alive. Two, meaning, two witnesses say the husband died. One witness says the husband is still alive. That one witness is, even if he was halakhically acceptable in general, to testify. We don't care because we have two witnesses who are acceptable who testify that the husband is no longer alive. The question that the Gemara is going to have is that This is obvious. Even if it was one versus one, we would say the one witness who said the husband is no longer alive wins out. So then, certainly, if it was two versus one, what's the what's the mission coming to teach me? It's obvious. My Kamashwalan. So the Gemara answers. The point is the Gemara explains that in this case also, we're not talking about two witnesses who are halakhically valid witnesses. We're talking about two witnesses who in general, in any other case, would be disqualified. And this is like Reb Nechemia. Reb Nechemy says, like we mentioned earlier, we go based on the majority. So we have two witnesses who say the husband died. One witness who says the husband is still alive. We go based on the majority. The Gemara says, well, we already had that from the second case. Why would you teach this to me again in the third case? This whole point in the second case was to go based on the majority. The Gemara answers, you might have thought you only go based on the majority to be more stringent. To tell her why she can't get married. This is that we go based on the majority to say that the majority said that her husband is no longer alive, so she could get married to be makel to be lenient. The point of this last statement to the Mishnah is to tell you that we could even be lenient based on the majority. We go based on the majority. The majority said, it was two versus one in this case, the majority said that uh, the husband is not alive. She could go ahead and get married. We will even allow her to get married based on the majority. Uh, So this concludes the whole Topic between the mission and the Gemara about how credible is this one witness. The one witness is certainly better than one other witness that's contradicting him, uh, but isn't better than two. Um, and Rabbi Nathami pointed out that if we're talking about people who are disqualified, we go based on the majority. And the last line of the mission says we even go based on the majority if it is to be lenient, to allow her uh, to marry somebody else. We will go based on the majority if it's two versus one, uh, or something like that. Okay, we'll begin the next mission on the bottom of 117b. In the next recording.